this amateur hour. Yeah, I ain't no Superman businessman like you. You know, I'm just an amateur. I suppose. Amateur hour is what's happening. <laughs> amateur hour is what's AHPKC is brought to you by ArrowheadPride.com. This is a show about football and friendship and fun. We're truthful, but not always accurate. We're red and yellow and ridiculous. We're basically Andy Reid's wardrobe, but but a podcast. Enough of the formalities. Can we talk Chiefs now? Let's go. Folks, you got Ryan Scott Hall and my co-pilot, his Dirkness. What's up? Dirk, I saw you tweet that you're not feeling good. No. No? No, not especially. What happened? <clears throat> well, I mean, I was... Went to a cabin for a wedding over the weekend. We got a surprisingly uh, 20 inches of snow dumped on us. Oh. Uh, the forecast said the high was going to be 65 those days. Uh... But, you know, in the mountains, things can change. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't quite prepared for the snow. I would guess about <laughs> 75% of the people at the wedding, uh, at the getaway, ended up getting sick. That's my rough estimation. I know me and my girlfriend are, and I've talked to multiple others that are not feeling especially well. But, oh, okay. You know, constantly going inside and outside, being in the snow, being wet and cold, for, okay. and drinking the entire time. So that's a good recipe for getting sick. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, do, you, do you want to talk about the Chiefs? Yeah, the Chiefs are all right. And their, like, recipe for winning on Monday night? Recipe for a wedding? For winning on Monday For winning, night? oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, if you want to talk about wedding recipes, I mean, it's got to be fresh in your mind, <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> no, I will gladly talk about the Kansas City Chiefs football team. So they're still undefeated. Yes. And they're still... Better than everybody. Yeah, obviously. We're the best team in the league. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're about to play your boy on Sunday night. Who's my boy? Who is it? Uh, oh, Deshaun Watson? Yeah. He looks, He's not bad, is he? <laughs> he, he? You know what's weird? He won me some money on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> you know what's weird? He looked bad in preseason and somehow overcame that. I know yeah. people have, find that hard to believe during the preseason. We pretty much map out these guys' careers... Uh, during these games that mean absolutely nothing with defensive coordinators that aren't really trying to stop you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but amazingly, he has overcome two bad preseason games to uh, have some good actual NFL games. Man, I wish you talked about Chiefs like that. If you were so defensive of our own players, <laughs> instead of your draft takes. <laughs> oh, you don't think I'm defensive of Chiefs players? We need to fire up some Sean Smith takes here? Oh, boy. Fire up some, some Tom Bahali takes? Oh, I'm just giving you a hard time. So the Chiefs uh, defeat the Redskins by a score of 29 to 20. You said Redskins? Yeah, the Washington R words. Um, So I want to. Red Zone Skins. Dude, 
Can we can we talk about like how scary the first I don't know 15 20 minutes of the game were? So <laughs> we missed our flight. Right. Kind of set set the scene for how so your money. So we're coming back uh, we're on like a one lane highway whatever. Uh, trying to get there through this snow snowstorm. I got a 4 p.m. flight. I'm supposed to land an hour before the game. I'll get home pretty much as at kickoff. Uh, a semi is jackknifed on the highway, stuck in a ditch on both sides, completely blocking the road. So we have to decide up there with no cell service if we're going to wait this out. I mean, we're in a line of cars about 50 cars or something. I mean, they've been, clearly been sitting there for a long time. People are standing outside of their cars. Um we got to decide if we're going to backtrack all the way back up and then take a longer route or wait this out. Uh, so we ended up backtracking. It added about two hours to our trip. Uh, missed our 4 p.m. flight. Um, oddly enough, we had friends that were in that same line that waited it out, got to the airport at the exact same time as us. Hmm. So we had this wide collection of people that missed our flight. I've never missed a flight before. Um, we got put on standby and caught a later flight later, or later in the night, whatever. But... I watched like the first quarter and a half, maybe just the first quarter, in the airport at, at a bar. And so I left when it was probably at about its worst point. I mean, it was 10 nothing. <laughs> nothing good had happened. <laughs> Dorney Tardif, Tardif goes down with the, the knee injury that looks like possibly ACL yeah. or something. I'm just yeah. like, damn, this is about as bad as it could get. Like, I'm never going to watch a Chiefs game in Denver or an airport or not at home again. Like, it's not going to happen. So then I go on the flight, and I think I'm trying to avoid the score. I'm gonna I'm gonna DVR it, just start it up. You'd think it'd be easy on an airplane because no one's got whatever. Both rows in front of me fire up the Chiefs game, and I don't notice this until like later on because I just got my music in, I got it in full blast, just trying to ignore everything. The guy next to me bumps me and like points to the to the people watching the game, and he's like, "Do you see that?" I'm like, and I'm just like, "No, no, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone." It's just some random guy. Uh, and then he asked him what the score is very loudly. Hey, what's the score? 17-14 Redskins. Like, ah, fuck. But I'm still like, I'm a DVR, uh, enthusiast. I will avoid the score and I will go home and do this. So I just got like my head between my legs pretty much, just staring at the ground, just waiting to get home. Uh, I'm, we land right at the end of the game. I can see people watching the game all over the airport and I'm just like, strutting by, like, trying to get home as fast as I can without seeing anything. End up not seeing anything other than that one score update. And then, uh, yeah, got home, watched the game from about midnight to 2 a.m. Uh, yeah, jumping for joy on about three hours sleep, up for about 20 hours. It yeah. was feeling sick. It was fun. So it was a good time. I, I went and watched with, uh, with my dad, my with uncle. Pops. With Ted Popson? Yeah. Uh, Robert Scott Hall, actually. Mm. Uh, but great Twitter follow. Yeah, he, actually, he probably hasn't tweeted in like two years. <laughs> oh, he has Twitter. He had, he asked me to set up a Twitter for him, ah. and, and then he used it for like the hour that we were together, and he probably never got on again. Yeah. Um, but he's like, so does it does it feel weird that you're not watching the game with Nick? I'm like, yeah, it does. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was I was a wreck, honestly, for like the. 48 hours or so leading up to the game, just like everything is pointing in the wrong direction. This is just like I've got so much bad juju, all these feelings about the game. I'm thinking we're going to be missing Eric Fisher 
and we haven't turned the ball over since the first offensive play of the season, and it's Monday night. They're going to end up wearing red on red. We're going to screw it all up. It's going to be a Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs day. We're not going to be like, there. It's just I was I I, had, I did hear remnants of that about thirty seconds ago though. Uh, Small little remnants. Okay, let go. Well, so I was thinking based on what you had told me that you guys were having to catch a later flight, that you had probably gotten on the plane at, like, lowest point oh, yeah. possible. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, I know that the flight home is not very long, no. but I'm sure that it is, like, the worst flight of all time after having to watch what was taking place and just having no idea. Yeah. Just midair, and I, I just, that's what I imagined, was, like, Nick... Has his head between his knees. Who? He's got his Who? headphones on. It's cranked all the way up, like trying to block out the oh, whole yeah. world. Well, and he's gonna be like, "B, you gotta go get the luggage. I'll get the car. I'm not even gonna. I'm not. Not looking. Not looking. Get <laughs> out of here. How'd you know? How'd you know? So, uh, I mean, that's. I, I had to put know. on my loudest music. It was Run the Jewels. There you go. Loudest music at full full blast. <laughs> well, I actually didn't. Wasn't that worried. I felt pretty confident after getting that stop at the goal line, mm-hmm. holding them to a field goal, where Kirk Cousins almost did a, a spin move and juked two of our guys out to score from like six yards out. That would have oh, that would have been the end. Like, all right, well, that's enough of this. Yeah, so he's but no- I didn't feel bad. I mean, all season long I've said I felt confident in every game. I feel like we're playing with house money all season. I mean, that probably would have ended if we lose that game. But hey, we, we still got it. And I felt like... When a team comes out and dominates early like that, like they need to put you away. Yeah. You're a good team. They need to put you away. And ten nothing, not enough to put you away. Not enough. It's that's new in Kansas City <laughs> that ten nothing isn't enough to put the Chiefs away. Yeah. Um, but that Cousins play, I think it was Bamani Jones that was like, "Can we just all agree that that was not a spin move and that Kirk Cousins it, just it worked?" He said, "Can we just agree that Kirk Cousins simply turned around?" <laughs> <laughs> we had two. Different on him and he gained an extra four yards <laughs> with that. That would have, uh, yeah, that would have been. He, and it was on uh, Zombo and Sorensen. It was just yeah. like I was imagining people watching the NFL, just like this is like the peak athlete performance league right here. Like Kirk Cousins doing a spin move on Frank Zombo and Daniel Sorensen. Like this is this is where we're at. These are two really good teams. Mm-hmm. I did. I Cousins not, not was, to judge white people or anything. Right. Cousins was pretty squirrely. That like that last that last drive for them. I thought it was great all all night. Those runs I mean, he threw, that he had were yeah poor runs. He threw what should have easily been the game winner. Yeah, game. yeah, and then it seemed like Gruden was telling him that he he made the wrong read or something. A little bit. I mean, Jordan Reed. I I do. Yeah, they uh, show a replay and Jordan Reed roasts. I don't know Eric Murray maybe, but he gives a little stop and go, and he's okay. got. A good three yards of separation. Oh, well, I mean... But, I mean, you can't fault Cousins. He made the throw. It was there. Yeah, it was definitely there. And, and I mean, yeah, I kept seeing... I think I saw pictures from the Chiefs Twitter account, like, fourth down stop, and I'm like, uh, I don't think Philip Gaines really did anything on that play. (laughs) I mean, he was sort of in position, but... He was battling. He was battling. So, the beginning of the game, uh, obviously, kind of made you pucker a little bit. Um, I I just Redskins were fired up. They absolutely were. I there's so there's a few things that stood out to me about the team, and, and the biggest thing 
I just thought that they were so resilient. Um, I I didn't think that they were going to stick in that game. Um, and it, it, so much of that was just, just feelings, you know? It didn't necessarily have anything to do with, like, what was transpiring on the field. Um, I mean, I guess after Tardif goes down, I'm, I'm then starting to get really worried. But, so I, I just... I was worried I just, about the defensive attitude coming out. We just were kind of standing around, just kind of... Didn't look like we were getting after. I mean, this a week after where we got Houston talking shit to the bench for ten seconds straight, and Daniel Sorensen punching a player in the head for no reason. Like I felt, I felt like we had no attitude to come out the game. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I can see that a little bit. I mean, Washington plays uh, a, a pretty fiery brand of football. They do, and and the Chiefs needed some time before they could of, match it. A lot um, of DJ Swearinger love out there. Yeah, I mean the that guy who's guy, bounced around. I never, never really been that good of a player, but I always played with attitude, obviously. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of love for him. Just needed to find the right spot. I think some of those guys are huffed. You know, some of those. I don't know Preston Smith. I don't know who that is. That guy's a monster. He's a second year player. He was or third third year player. He's pretty good. I never he heard of him. Like, he was really good. He was like the thirty eighth pick or something. Like, Zach Brown is a. He's good. Damn good football player. He made there's a cream hunt sweep on the goal line. It looked like an easy touchdown, and Zach Brown tracked him down somehow. That was he's a very good football player. He's good. Mason Foster's good. Ryan Kerrigan is like one of my favorite edge rushers ever. Yeah, I, I just I love him. I, I kind of try have, hard guy. Do you see some strange parallels between Ryan Kerrigan and Tom Bahali? Uh, yeah, they're both bit. like good, not great. Yeah, like ten sacks, 91, ten, sacks, ten a sacks a year. Yeah. Uh, the, like hustle sacks kind of thing, and I think Kerrigan's, I feel like they're the exact same football player, even though I think you might see a subtle difference between the two. I think Kerrigan's best year came when he was playing opposite Arakpo, yeah. and Arakpo was getting more of the attention, kind of a la Jared Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see that they're just like perfectly solid football players. Yeah, I like I like Kerrigan a lot. Well, uh, so the the Chiefs end up scoring on all four. Of their drives in the second half, all four of their possessions, um, the shortest of which was the ten-play, seventy-nine-yard touchdown drive that took up five minutes and forty seconds to open the third quarter. But they also had a thirteen-play, seven-minute and forty-one-second drive to kick a field goal, and a fourteen-play, eight-minute and ten-second drive to kick a field goal, and then a six-minute or a six-play. 50-yard drive that only spanned 43 seconds in order to kick that last field. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I thought that the halftime adjustments obviously have to stand out for you. Kareem Hunt with five carries in the first half, and he ends the game with 21. Um, It's very impressive. Yeah, I mean... Very impressive to get down like that and then stick with uh, the game plan, stick with... A balanced offense like that. And the Chiefs are crushing opponents in the fourth quarter. They, we've got over 50, and opponents have, I think, under 20. I don't, I don't have the exact numbers, but... What, points? Yeah. I mean, it is it is not particularly close. Yeah. And you could extend that, in, you know, across the whole second half, really. And that's... There's there's obviously that, that fun stat that, that uh, people found, that Kareem Hunt has more rushing yards than the entire league if you only take Kareem Hunt in the second half of games, which obviously contributes to the way that the Chiefs are outscoring teams. Um, The thing to keep an eye on with that is that 
it's it's great to be a second half team. It is. I mean, what what was what was the the score at the before New England started coming back in the Super twenty seven to three or whatever. I don't know. Twenty eight three. Yeah. I don't know. Twenty eight three. There's all those jokes, and I don't remember the numbers, but I mean, you know, <laughs> but but like that's not the position that you want your team to be in. No. So um, I do think that you know this is obviously kind of the the opposite of last week against the Chargers, where you get to get up early and cruise. And this one was just they had to fight the entire way. Yeah, I mean, they were um, trying to win it Andy Reid style. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they had the correct blueprint to win the game, the Redskins, that is. And I just think, I mean, that's what you want. Playing at Arrowhead at night, they had a drive at the end of the game to go down and win it, ended up tying it, and then lost it at the end. Like, that's that's what the Redskins wanted. That's that's the position they wanted to be in at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, you're up 10 nothing, and then... They had a five-play, four-play, four-play, punt, 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 basically to, to end the half. The Chiefs go down and score, and it's... At that point, it would have been 14-10, to 10, and immediately you get the three-play touchdown the Vernon Davis from, big from play. Washington. Right. So, I mean... They they were right there. It was, it was kind of a boxing match, and... Uh, just a uh, a fun game to watch, but man, I I hate games like that. I oh, can't I can't great. stand. Dude, we're playing with so much house money There's right just now. Like so much anxiety that happens in my body. Stress we, is not good on the body, man. We've got a lot. We can Stress afford a, a loss, man. We can afford a loss. Like, well, we, I mean, I hate to say it for the third week in a row, but I've, it's coming. I can feel it. Nah, and it and it nah. Maybe, it maybe, no way we're gonna lose ever. It may be ever again. It may be Sunday night. It may be. <laughs> Your boy Deshaun. Um, so, the couple things that... Well, are, are we still on the game? I got, a little, I got a little deep dive for some game stats. Some game deep dive stats. Are we ready for that? Bust it out. All right. Bust them in. All right. Let's set the mood. Let's, oh, that's loud. Sorry, folks. Didn't, don't mean to hammer the point home or anything. And, and people out there questioning the sanctity of our deep dives. Please. Please don't. I mean, this is nothing more than setting the mood. Taking, getting a little bit underneath the surface for a deep dive. All right. Chiefs had 29 first downs in the game. Did you know that? I did not. Most since 2010 versus Denver. Uh, in 2006 versus Seattle before that. So, Holy cow. looking at third time in about 11 years for that many first downs. Very, very ball controlling. Uh, to drive that point home, time of possession in the second half, you kind of went over these numbers, 22 minutes and 14 seconds of the 30 minutes. Like, that's, that's what the Chiefs want to do. Like, play, keep away. That's when they're at their best. Usually with a lead, so it's kind of interesting to see it, like, in a close game or mm-hmm. in a game they were trailing even. But it was cool to see them uh, dominate the ball like that. Like, the Redskins' stats look very minimal just because they, they just didn't have very many plays. Well, and I think... I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think that if you extend that, it was something like... The Chiefs had the ball for like if you throw in the second quarter, thirty-two of yeah. the last forty minutes of the game or something. It yeah, was asinine. It yeah. was like, oh wow, which is kind of the opposite of what's been happening with the Chiefs this year because we've had we kind of discussed last week like we've yeah. given up the most plays in the NFL, but 
and we were like 29th in the NFL in plays. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Chiefs had zero sacks on defense. Um, ironically, or maybe not ironic, oddly enough, the Chiefs have won their last five games where they recorded zero sacks. Hmm. And they're 7-3 and three overall under Andy Reid with no sacks. So that's odd. Hmm. Uh, and that's all I got. Small deep dive this week. Just feeling a little, little sick. Uh, so the other, I, I, at least a couple other things to, to look at. Um, they started, I think, like 7 of 8 or 7 of 9 on third down offensively. They finished 8 of 13. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and then still haven't turned the ball over. Since the Kareem Hunt fumble on the first offensive play. Really? So we got one on the year? One turnover. On the first offensive play. Yeah. It's the only turnover for the Chiefs. Um, The other thing I think that that really stood out to me in watching the game, I just... um, I thought that with the way that secondary players for Washington started dropping like flies... Good Lord. I've never seen so many injuries. I'm like... Calling for it all night, like where's where's my Tyree kill? Where is it? Give me give me the deep, give me the throw. Yep. And um, it was it was really Travis Kelsey that did the damage in the passing game. And I mean, Albert Wilson ended up having a fairly decent night. He had four catches for sixty three. One of those catches not intended for him at oh, all. Man. That was um, right before the game winning field goal, correct? Uh yeah I think so okay I haven't rewatched yeah. the game this week so I'm a little uh, I haven't I haven't rewatched it yet but either. I think that was I mean that was right before the game when you feel I might mm-hmm. I might be wrong on that but that was a very scary play a very gaspy play everyone right. <gasps> well so a couple things to keep in mind obviously with Kareem Hunt leading the league in rushing by like over a hundred <laughs> yards I think um, the Chiefs are leading the NFL in rushing. In team rushing, by about twenty yards a game on anyone else, and I do believe that the Rams are second. Yeah, uh, Alex Smith into the mix this week. Yeah, starting to run it again. Fifty-six. An awesome little play where he kind of acts like he's going to the sideline and then yep. ducks back inside. I, if I was a quarterback, I'd be doing that all the time. It was Bono esque, <laughs> except he didn't score. Like you can't hit the quarterback at that point, so just you know, act yeah. like you're going out out of bounds and then duck back. In. And then and then he tried to lower a shoulder into DJ Swearinger. Yeah, I think he got a little too confident on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a couple other things um, I, that that still like sort of fall into the deep dive. So through four games, the Chiefs have given up 16 sacks. That's second worst in the NFL. Um, and the only other team I, that's given up more has given up 17. So I mean, we're we're right there with as bad as it gets as yeah. far as uh, surrendering sacks is concerned. And yet we are leading the league in rushing by a very wide margin. Yep. Um, for a team that everyone said, oh, they're really good at pass protection, yep. and they can't run block. Yep. So um, Guys, don't trust our offensive line analysis. So do not listen to us when it comes to offensive line analysis. It's We're going to give it to you anyways, <laughs> but do not listen to us. It may not necessarily be us. Like I thought that was fairly <laughs> yeah, global. We're, we're just stealing these takes from Pro Football Focus, so it's not like, <laughs> it's, not right. like it's our fault. Um, but, I mean, that just shows that you know nothing. Um, it also shows that obviously Kareem Hunt is phenomenal. The guy's unbelievable. Um, I love the clip that's that's dancing around of they're calling it running back parkour. 
when when he when he like oh, man. jump cuts four yards to the left inside of the hole there. Um, the the other thing that I felt like I noticed, and this isn't necessarily statistical, um, and I know that they don't want to overdo it, and I think that there were a few times where you would see him come off the field, and it was just like he he needs. He needs a blow. He looks pretty gassed here. But every single third down, every third down, Sharkandrick West is coming on the field. Every one. Kareem Hunt like automatically goes off the field on third down, which I think is very strange. And maybe the only time that they're not doing that is if it's like third and one or third and two and they want to hand the ball off to him. But basically in any like third and mid to third and long... They're putting Shark out there, and I don't think that he's a better receiver. I don't think that he's a better weapon. And so I don't know if they're just trying to, like, sneak rests in for Kareem Hunt. Oh, I think that's part of it, and you're overlooking that I think he's greatly superior in pass protection. Sharkandrick? Sharkandrick. He's yeah, basically I, a sixth offensive lineman out there. Like, I keep, I, yeah. I want to keep that as an ongoing joke this year. Like, he's a very good blocker. Right, and I and saw our line a couple times like just completely miss his assignment in pass protection on yeah. Monday night. Well, I mean, he's, rookies kind of always kind of struggle with. I pass think it was coming. until like his sixth or seventh year that Jamal was awful at it. Yeah, and then it was suddenly like, oh, he figured it out, and oh <laughs> god, that was a great block. Like yeah. you, you know, and for some guys, it just it takes a while. Kareem Hunt, you assume with how talented he is. And how everyone just seems to say, like, he just he just does it. He puts the work in in order to be who he is. That Like, that that will come. And it will probably come sooner rather than later. Hmm? The problem for me is that it's, it's great to have a pass protector in there. But we also saw some Akeem Hunt on Oof, Monday. Rough game. And, and listen, I know that, you know, we were kind of excited because he, he looked... He looked pretty spry in his first couple games as a Chief against Philly and against the Carson Chargers. Um, He looked lost on Monday. Mm -hmm. He looked terrible. He looked completely just out of his depth. As bad as you can look in three offensive snaps. Yeah. Looked looked (laughs) really bad. Yeah, I've got got him down with a drop, a dropped pass, a missed block on a, I think it was a pass that went. Mm-hmm. His direction, uh, and then he missed. He had a bad play as a gunner, where well, he didn't locate the balls. It was yeah. a good pump by Colquitt. I love, trust me, I wanted to bash Colquitt for it, but if uh, an experienced gunner should have been able to uh, catch that one, and I can't say whether this is him or Tube, and it's worked out well for us at times in the past. But I mean, he also brought out a kickoff when he was like nine yards deep and got That's tackled two. at the That's two. at the sixteen or something. That's two. Um, we can never criticize that. Right. Or Akeem Hunt for bringing a kickoff out. Because Taub's philosophy is clearly take every one of them out. Right. Every one of them. Um, your boy. The breadwinner. <laughs> two targets. <laughs> two drops. <laughs> He's back, baby. He's back. Uh, I think... Did you guys the, enjoy the Demetrius Harris experience? I think... He's back. To no surprise in People this so pumped. Room. People were so pumped about him. I, Dear uh, God. Do you know how hard it was watching that game on DVR and not being able to tweet jokes about Demetrius Harris when he drops that second pass? Just like, oh, lordy. 
Yeah, not good. My God, not good. I thought I thought that would be our undoing was like role players like that kind of all letting us down. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Albert Wilson, who earlier in the game took like an end around and had I think this is the Keem Hunt block actually, and he it just runs directly into him like. Either run left or right, and, and Akeem Hunt's kind of engaged in the block, and he just runs directly into him. And I thought I'd be like the only one that noticed that. I actually looked back at some tweets, and everybody noticed that. Like, the defender. Dude. A, a corner is like, like kind of strong-arming a block, yeah. and then also catches and tackles Albert <laughs> Wilson. Like, basically tackled two people on the play. And I'm just like, I mean, everybody is Albert. like, Bert. Yo, Dude, have you, you ever set silly. up a block in your life? Ever? And he was, he was like a college running back, wasn't he? And I thought he played quarterback for a little while. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, look. That was interesting. I, he made up for it, though. I'll we'll just that. say that I'm I'm glad that they won. Um, the, two, the two things that I think people are talking about after the game. Things is not really right. The two people... Things. Uh, that people are talking about after the game are Marcus Peters and Alex Smith. Um, mm-hmm. And they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, if you will, as to why you don't they hang out much. About. Um, so I, I do want to talk a little bit about Marcus Peters, but I don't want to turn it into a long thing because I think everybody knows how I feel about it and everybody knows I'm pretty passionate about Marcus Peters. Uh, Please. If you really want... My my thoughts, my well reasoned thoughts. Uh, I'm back on Twitter. If you guys didn't know, Thanks. at Ryan Scott Hall on the Twitter. I had a little uh, little thing I wanted to get off my chest yesterday after I listened to some folks talking about Marcus Peters. Uh, it got worse today when I turned on the uh, middle aged white man radio station in the afternoon, and uh, man, that was ugly. But um, I want to talk about Alex Smith because that's it for Peters. That's it. No, no. Oh, okay. I just I don't. I I can't. We have to like ease into Marcus Peters. I, I mean, I even my setup. Was I'm ready for the passion. I'm ready for it. Do you, I mean? Do, do you want? All right, we'll go. We'll go there then. Marcus Peters. Um, that was the worst game of his, his professional career on Monday. I don't think he's had a worse game. Um, and I know that it basically came down to two plays, but Marcus Peters gave up two touchdowns and one of them, you can call it offensive pass interference. If you want, I thought it was a fairly professional play from Terrell Pryor. It could have gone either way. I'd say more, more often than not, that's not called. Right. And I think it should be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the rules are set up for the offense to be able to succeed. And so that one, even though it might look a little ticky tack, like... You know, if if you're facing the ball and not the player, it's a little more difficult to be able to kind of jockey for position. And so if if you are looking at the player in order to try to play the player, then you're going to get called for pass interference because you don't have your head Basically, turned around. Yeah. But if you have your head turned around, someone can put a hand in your back and then they won't call that. Um, let, me, let me say this. I think people are overreacting to how bad of a game he had. I mean, I don't uh, I was more perturbed by, like, a slant pass he gave up where he wasn't even close to the guy uh, at some point in the middle of the game. Like, that little subtle push-off, that's pretty good coverage, and a good play by Pryor, like, okay, that happens. Mm-hmm. 
the slant in the end zone, he was kind of all over it. Yeah. But that's just like a play that's almost impossible to defend. And if, it's, think, if it's thrown correctly, and you like you either have to win at the line of scrimmage or have a pass that's slightly off. But like that's that's about as hard a play to defend as there is. And the people in the middle didn't really help him out. Like, yeah, I think pass went just over Raglan's fingers. Okay. Uh, people don't know how to judge corners. People are just always too critical. They don't realize how tough it is. It's by far the toughest position to play in the NFL. Even tougher than quarterback. Even tougher than quarterback. And people just... Josh Norman took a lot of shit last year. Josh Norman's a top three cornerback in the NFL. He was laughed at. Like, he was made fun of. And it's just like, you don't fucking realize how tough it is to play this job. Like, your wins almost never get realized because the ball isn't thrown to you. And then your losses are magnified and you have every single rule go against you. Like... This shouldn't come as a shock to people because I defended Sean Smith. People still people still think Sean Smith wasn't good, and it just boggles my mind. That's why I'm so passionate about him. Like, people are just way too harsh on every single cornerback there is. You saw with Terrence Mitchell earlier this year. Like, it is such a tough position to play. I think a majority of football fans get their uh, opinions wrong on cornerbacks. Well, I'm not trying to blow it out of proportion, but giving up two touchdowns, on Monday Night Football, like just in terms of play, it it was maybe his worst game. Yeah, and um, I just I just don't I just don't want to hear all the extracurricular from everybody else. We need to chill out. We're gonna we're gonna lose Marcus Peters. If we don't. I chill the fuck out. Chill the fuck out. <clears throat> I mean. If you listen to Kevin Keatsman during the first 25 minutes of the 3 o'clock hour, right before we started, Kevin Keatsman has no interest in having Marcus Peters on this team. I mean, he sounds That's weird, because I have no interest in having Kevin Keatsman in Kansas City. I mean, correct. I'm, but, but, I mean, that is the kind of stuff that players hear. That, oh, yeah. is, that is the media. Yeah. I love our listeners. I love our followers. I love the people that support this program. All of us together pale in comparison to the number of people that listen to and agree with Kevin Keatsman. He has a much bigger audience. And if that is Come the on, kind of, if that is the kind of stuff that the players are going to hear, they think that maybe that's what a lot of people feel. And, I mean, may, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm honestly like, not... Go ahead, go ahead. I can't... I just... The biggest thing for me right now um, is that I think... I don't know this to be true, but I think had Marcus Peters not given up two touchdowns, let's say the two touchdowns surrendered were Terrence Mitchell, and Marcus Peters wasn't thrown at for the fourth game in a row, but he still got caught cursing on the sideline, and then, you know, maybe cursed a little bit in the post game the way that he did too, and <laughs> I don't, but I, he, I don't know, he wouldn't have been as, as self-deprecating as he was in the post game because he wouldn't have had a bad game, but I think that what is so transparent to me 
is that because Marcus had a bad game, all the other stuff gets magnified. And that is what makes me angry. Because I don't I don't want to turn it into you know, like like race baiting or whatnot, but I genuinely believe if Marcus did not have a bad game, then we would not be having the kind of conversations that we are having. All of the racial bias that is under the surface, it comes out because he had a bad game. Well if the player plays well I, I have a problem with that statement. People are usually quiet. I have a problem with that statement. Because Travis Kelsey, just last week, had a terrible game. And there was lots of talk about him, wasn't there? There was lots of talk about him being a dumbass, a knucklehead. He's had unsportsmanlike right. for three so, or four but games. That's, and I'm, Nothing that's after I'm this week. I'm not, I'm not trying to turn it into... But you said there's a racial bias that comes out. We just did it with Travis Kelsey. Right. I mean, and that's where the thing gets tricky. is Because I said, that's, when I was talking about it yesterday on Twitter, was like... I am just as guilty of anyone because I continually call Travis Kelsey a dumbass. I did. I like, had that in my notes actually last week. Like Travis Kelsey is like, I don't know if I'd say he's your least favorite player, but towards the bottom of the totem pole for at least Chiefs stars. And Marcus Peters is clearly your favorite player. In terms of like the guys that make an impact on this team, like regularly, Travis Kelsey is absolutely like the bottom for me. So what do you see as the difference? Um... I think the biggest thing for me is that Marcus Peters is 24 years old and Travis Kelsey is 28 or 29. And I know that that is probably, um, for some people, that seems arbitrary. Um, I just... I think that what happens with Marcus... Kelsey's 27. 27. I think what happens with Marcus is that um, he just these guys are under a microscope. I'm not saying that it's any different from what people have to say about Kelsey. If you if you play well, then everything's fine. But if you play poorly, then then it. Let me also admit, I don't listen to much Kansas City sports radio anymore, so I don't mm-hmm. have my finger on the pulse. So maybe there is way more Peter's talk than there was Kelsey talk. But in, in the world I keep, in my little bubble, I see just as much Travis Kelsey hate as Marcus Peters hate. But okay. I mean, that's—I mean, I'm around you more than any other Chiefs fan, so of course it's right. going to be. Well, and the weird thing for me though is that, like, I think I—I I just there's so much that's going on right now that. It, it all gets tied together. Um, Carrington yesterday talked about how do you guys want to have like a Marcus Peters conversation or do you want to try to have like a protest conversation? Because people are wrapping up him sitting during the anthem or just not participating during the anthem and then also saying he cursed on the sideline and also saying he cursed in the post game and also saying he did this on the field. And like, those are, you're, you're turning it all, you're putting all of it into this one basket. And those are separate conversations that need to be happening. Um, and I understand that. I just like, I'm not, I'm not trying to put you on blast. I just want to know no. because I, I'm around you enough to know that you genuinely love Marcus Peters. Yeah. And a large part of that is because you, 
you wanted him in the draft. You yeah. predicted it, and then it happened. So of course yeah. you're gonna you know, sure stay closely to him the whole time. Yeah. But then I know you, Travis Kelsey, genuinely gets under your skin. Um, and I I see them as pretty much the same guy. Like they're both immensely talented. They're both kind of dumbasses, knuckleheads that will screw over their team at some points. Uh, but I don't. And they're, they're kind of the same in my book. Is yeah, and I mean, I can I can see I can see those similarities. I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, and well, that's, that's your just, homework for this week is to some of it come may just be me, you know, liking Marcus Peters that much. And I, sh- like, I, I should have asked don't. you beforehand because that's that's hard to come up with on the spot, right? And that's but and that's fine. I'll I'll definitely try to put some thought into that. Um, I think that ultimately, what really frustrates me is how everyone is trying to say Peters doesn't have anything to say. He doesn't have anything to say because he hasn't said anything. And frankly, I don't think that he needs to. It's one man's opinion. And I'm much more articulate about a lot of this stuff when I get to sit down and try to type it out. Um, Which I think is kind of the point to me is that these guys go through and perform at the very highest level. Even if they have a bad game. Um, they're still performing at the highest level against the, the best athletes in the world. And within 20 to 25 minutes of that game being over, they have tens of people standing in front of them with cameras and microphones, and they're supposed to be able to be very articulate. And I can't even do that sitting in my living room with you perfectly comfortable. Oh, yeah. It is difficult to do it. Um, and so to expect a 24-year-old in those circumstances to be able to say everything that he wants to say, someone that, frankly, isn't that articulate to begin with. Marcus Peters is not, a, you know, a very well-spoken young man. Um, I just don't, I don't think it's fair. And frankly, I think it's bullshit that I have to listen, and I don't, I, I don't have to, but that when I turn on Kevin Keatsman in the afternoon, I have him spouting off and saying, I know for a fact that Marcus Peters is just doing what Marshawn Lynch tells him to do and that he doesn't have any reason for sitting out and that anyone in any job anywhere would be fired, fired, fired. Like, shut the fuck up, Kevin Keatsman. That guy is such a putz. I'm, it just... It, it makes me very upset that we pretend to know what he has gone through or what his reasons are um, and, and if we want to talk about him losing his temper on the sideline and saying, that's a bad look, I can appreciate when Carrington says, that does not hurt the team. The team doesn't get flagged. It does not affect them. Now, granted, the week before, personal foul mm-hmm. for getting, it, getting into it with the ref, that's a different story. Yep. But cursing on the sideline, who does that hurt? Marcus Peters. That's his checkbook. And that's it. But but I've got people... Def- definitely not the team. Maybe like the team's reputation or something. <clears throat> like the franchise right. or something. Yeah. And I'm sure that the three people that saw it and said, I'm not going to go to another game this year, that really hurts the Chiefs. Um, but I just... <laughs> oh, wait, three people that saw it. I'm saying the three people that saw it and then said, because... Because that kid oh, gotcha. was cursing on the sideline. I'm not going to oh, yeah. go. Boycott. Not a Chiefs fan anymore. Keep lowering those ticket prices, baby. Please. Just, everybody, please boycott. 
I just, I just, I can't, I'm, I can't with that. I can't with that. Um, I can't, if I keep talking about it, it's just, it's already been ugly enough. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to get, like, angry and start cursing about it. I, I believe just, the kids call it triggered. I'm just telling you, man, like, I, I think that Marcus Peters is one of the best players on the team. I think he's one of the best players in the league, and I don't think that he has to talk. I don't. I think that, like, one no, of the... No, he doesn't. No, one he, of the, I hate when expectations are placed on people. Like, no, they don't. One they don't of the, do anything. That's, one of the big points that I wanted to make when I was trying to have conversations with people about it yesterday on Twitter, one of the biggest points that I wanted to make is that, you know, Colin Kaepernick felt personally convicted to be the first person to take a knee or sit down he felt personally convicted to stand in front of the cameras and have conversations about it. And I think that there are a lot of people that admire him for that, that respect him for that, that he has, for lack of a better explanation, like started a movement or a conversation or brought awareness. But that does not mean that any of these other guys, any of them, you want... To be Colin Kaepernick. That they would do that too. Just because they respect him and admire him and agree with him does not mean that they want to trade places with him. We heard Keatsman, and if you guys didn't listen, I'm sorry that I'm making so many references to it. But we heard Keatsman and Klingscale saying that Herm Edwards was on their show last week and said that even Colin Kaepernick is not the right person to be the face of this movement, or whatever. Well, who is? Who's the perfect person for you? That's the thing that is so frustrating to me, is that there's not a perfect person for it. There's just not. And to try to have expectations that a 24-year-old that probably doesn't have a great education, that may not have a perfect background... And we suddenly think that he's going to be able to stand up there like a perfect statesman and have all of the right things to say. It is an unfair expectation. And I don't think that he has to talk in order to appease any of us. That is not his responsibility. It's, it's, it makes me very, very upset. Cool. I don't think that we have an, an equal standard. Cool. Alex Smith. Let's get to him. Um, I, I want to, at the very least, pause for a moment and give you a lot of credit for, um, I don't know if it was, it wasn't necessarily like predicting this, um, but just thinking about it. In, in the right way and saying something about Alex is probably going to change. Um, you know, and, and I know that you were very careful to say just because Alex may change the way he plays, it doesn't mean that the team is going to get better or that Alex's play is going to improve. But I do think that just the number of factors at play here are going to change something in him. And most people did not see that, and most people did not think that. Um, 
And I mean, last week Nick just kind of brushed past it, but he was like, "Yeah, it's a really intelligent take." <laughs> but Which, like, I mean, it's kind of surreal. I I watched him today uh, on a show, to, uh, like on, on Tuesday, discussing the Chiefs game, and he kind of echoed my sentiments about Alex Smith, about how. Patrick Mahomes coming in here has changed the way he did it, mm-hmm. and how Colin Kaepernick, how he took his job away in, in the past, and all these factors have kind of led to this new Alex Smith, and it was, it was, uh, it was a good feeling. It was a good feeling. I was waiting for the name drop, but now nah, he didn't. He didn't can need to you do that. can you imagine what it would be like to have suit and tie Nick Wright on network television? Be like, and shout out to his dirt yeah. for this great take. <laughs> Jenna Wolf would be like, what? <laughs> yeah, what? Who? Which is, he, I mean, he's done for me uh, across numerous platforms. And I'm always, I always get the, uh, the heebie-jeebies when he does it. Uh, you know, whether it's on Kansas City Radio or his, his national sports radio talk even. A few shout outs to us in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, it was, it was cool to see. Uh, yeah. Happy birthday yesterday, Nicholas. Nicholas Wright, former AHPKC intern. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm very happy. I had that take come to me. Uh, I'm very glad I got to fire it off to one Danny Parkins mm-hmm. in our podcast with him. I got to fire it off to Carrington Harrison in our podcast with him. Uh, glad I got those takes off because I feel very uh, mm-hmm. satisfied with how that's turned out. Satisfied. Satisfied. Yeah. It's a good. It's a good place to to be. I think that right now, um, one thing that that we have going for us is that Alex like has a certain sense of satisfaction, but I think that he's still playing with a pretty big chip on his shoulder right now. Yeah. Um, and so it's like he he reached us. He just reached this place where he was satisfied that like I've walked the line long enough. Um, but he's also clearly not happy with how that's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a great, great kind of recipe, if you will, for, for the way that he's playing right now. Um, I, I think that Alex is the MVP of the league right now today. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, it's whatever, it's, it's a fourth of the season. I get it. But I, I think that he is the MVP of the league today and, um, I'm excited to see what the rest of the season looks like because where people are wanting to temper their expectations is Alex threw 15 touchdowns last year, you know, and he's got eight right now. So like, you don't, you don't really know like where exactly this is headed. And you know, if injuries continue to mount up, like it it could go downhill really fast. I think we're going to have a conversation very soon. I don't think that day is today. But there's going to be a conversation soon about what we're supposed to do if Alex keeps this up and Patrick Mahomes is sitting on the bench. Yeah, I mean... Because there's... it's It could get interesting. If he keeps this up, I mean, what are you going to do? Cut him? You're going to cut a player who, what, finishes top five in the MVP voting or well, leads us on a 13-3 season or goes to the Super Bowl? Like, think of the possibilities here and then what? We're going to cut him? Because we like Pat Mahomes. Look, I love Pat Mahomes. I love that we did it. But there's a point where it's just going to be like, man, Alex Smith, you know, he's pretty good. Like, look at all the things we just accomplished with him. And all of those things still have to be accomplished. So I don't think we're at that point yet. But I think that will be a really fun discussion uh, as the season goes on. And possibly a, a 
very difficult decision. And so, Which the Chiefs have never got wrong before. It's not like we chose Elvis Gerbeck over Rich Gannon or anything. It's not like this is, is bitten us in the ass before. So here's, here's the thing for me. Um, I, I look at it, and I think the way too early prediction for me is that Alex does continue to play really well. And what it does for us is give us the ability to actually get something in return rather than walking into this offseason. I think we're already clearly at that point. I mean, you'd have to fall apart for us not to get something. Yeah. If, if we choose to go that route. Everyone pretty much expected. I mean, I, I was writing this season off and, and essentially saying, like, even if they make the playoffs, like, it doesn't matter. Like, this season is, is buffer until... Pat Mahomes is quarterback, none of this matters. Yep. And it looks a lot different than that right now. Um, but there's points but at, just, there's points at last season where we would have said the same thing. Uh, yeah. And it probably, turned out probably. the same way as, as the seasons prior. So, I mean, still a lot to play out here. Uh, but, yeah. it's it's. Let me ask you this. You said Alex Smith is the NFL MVP. Mm-hmm. I had in my notes here, who is the Chiefs MVP? I think most people say Kareem Hunt, by the way. Yeah. Who is the Chiefs MVP? Alex Smith, Kareem Hunt, or Andrew Walter Reed? I think that's right. Or maybe I'm thinking of Andrew Walter, the old quarterback. Um, yeah, man, I don't Andrew Walter Reed, yes. I, I, I honestly like, kind of want to like, go... Completely off the map. Don't do it, Marcus <laughs> Peters. <laughs> Ron Parker. No, um, I mean, I was, I was gonna say uh, Houston, Justin Houston, just, just because of how important he's been. Um, and I, I want to get to uh, a comment from our friend Rob because I'm not exactly sure. I didn't have a chance to talk to him to, to exactly get the context of what he meant with it. Um, but I mean, I, I, it's Alex Smith. I mean, I, I think that Kareem has allowed Alex Smith to do a lot and the team would certainly not, especially given the Spencer Ware injury be where they are without Kareem Hunt. Um, and, and even if Spencer Ware was healthy and Kareem Hunt wasn't on the field, we, we may not be right here either. Um, he, it, it's, it's, it's really difficult to answer that question because of the way it is they're because both playing, well, but Kareem Hunt's on pace to break the NFL total yards record so that wouldn't be bad uh, Andy or Alex Smith is on pace for a 32 touchdown zero interception season so that yeah. wouldn't be bad and yet my answer is Andy Reid because the offense he's built and because everything he does and because of his speeches in the locker room where he says how about those cheese gotta love Andy Reid every week every week I'm gonna profess my love for Andy Reid not gonna stop. I don't care what you say. <laughs> God, I love him. But yeah, I think it's Andy Reid. I just, I, I think if there was an NFL MVP vote right now, I think Kareem Hunt would win it. I think. Uh, but it would be cool to see those votes because it'd be like you know, thirty-eight for Kareem Hunt and twenty-one for Alex Smith and one for Tom Brady. So. um... I, I was looking at some Andy Reid Eagles stuff because I wanted to, I, I heard uh, this, this rant from Cowherd 
about how the worst fans in the world are are Philly fans. And he said something about how they ran Andy Reid out of town and Andy Reid has like one of the greatest winning percentages in NFL history. He's basically won 60% of his games, which is better than people like Tom Landry and um he's only had I think it was like 3 non-winning seasons in his career. Yeah. Um it's a lot of really really great stuff. Um so I wanted to look at it because I know that he went on the the run of NFC championships. I mean there's a perfect comparison to be made. I don't know if you're going to get there but it's Marty Schottenheimer. Uh would you say the Chiefs fans ran Marty Schottenheimer out of town? It's like I mean, he was here for 12 years, and we didn't get it done. It's probably time to make a change. I could see that, I guess, yeah. But, I mean, um, like, Andy went to five NFC championships and a Super Bowl, and Marty went to one AFC championship. That's fair. So... Yeah, he had a little bit more playoff success, even though they both get thrown in the same ring in that. But, yeah. I wanted to try to figure out and, like, like, draw some comparisons... To figure out like when he started really succeeding in Philly and kind of see where he's at along that that like trajectory in Kansas City. So Andy Reid took over Philly in 1999, and they went to their first NFC Championship in 2001. So I mean, in in year three, he went to an NFC Championship. Hmm. He's in year five. Which year five in Philly is the year that they lost the Super Bowl barely to the Patriots? Well, because they had Terrell Owens, um, and I couldn't tell you if there is like you know that kind of an impact, like what Terrell Owens did to change that team. But if if it is here right now, it's Kareem Hunt. Kareem. Um, so I but I and I don't know cuz the Chiefs haven't been to an AFC championship yet and and that year was actually that would have been year 6. So sorry, not year 5. Okay. But they went to four straight and it almost lines up with 2019 Chiefs. They went to four straight and five of six. Um so I I mean I I was really hoping that it was like it wasn't until year four, year five that he got to the first one, and then they went on this long run, and it was mm-hmm. going to be like, look where we are. Yep. Uh, but no, it didn't. Like, it happened a little bit quicker um, in in Philadelphia, but you know they weren't playing against Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger Bingo. every single year. Bingo. So um, I just uh, I I think that. I think that the Chiefs are headed in the right direction, and it may become a, a difficult conversation in terms of what do you do with Alex. And and I think that you have to change course in the NFL all the time and, and that you have to do it on the fly mm-hmm. fairly often. Um, uh, I don't know if they're going to adjust course off of... Pat is the starter next year. Well, let's just like let's like, just let's just say it seemed pretty clear cut at the beginning of the year. 2018 week 1, Pat Mahomes is going to take over. Now I would say there is some doubt. I could see that. I just I mean, for me, honestly, I think anything short of getting to the Super Bowl, I'm making the change. 
even going to the AFC Championship and like losing a heartbreaker in New England on the last play or we'll, something. We'll be in New England. Well, but that's you know <laughs> what I mean. Like, yeah, I no, just I'm just looking at it and I just say like. Anything short of getting to a Super Bowl, I, and I'm probably just gonna say, Alex, I wish you well, man. I think that's too, a little too really reductive. Really awesome to watch. I think it's a little too reductive because I mean, what if he has a great game in the playoffs or something? He has a great I, season, and I, the decision was made, man. I mean, no, I don't, I don't think, that, I don't think that they can afford Look, to have him. Next do you remember year. how people said he won't start until 2019? And we all scoffed at him because it was just like, look, Alex's contract, look, look how much money we can save next year. But those people were saying it. They were saying 2019. We thought we were, they were wrong and we were right. But that uh, doesn't mean we were well, right. But I didn't know that Pat Mahomes was going to look as good as he did in the preseason either. <laughs> when Mahomes, we Alex Smith when Mahomes look as good. started playing in the preseason, it was like, oh, oh girl, I kind of want to watch him right now. So, I mean, there. Preseason success doesn't mean everything. That's, that's true. Chase I, Daniel. I would like multiple to preach that. Multiple preseason MVPs on Blake Bortles was an, a Hall of Famer preseason, so. Don't sleep on the Jags. Deshaun We're Kaiser jacking. was uh, yeah. the toast of the town in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, he's got a really bad football team. Kaiser, yeah. Kaiser's okay. Yeah. Um, so, I, I want to I check in with you real quick on the potential of Larry Duvernay Tardif, had he torn his ACL, Ugh. do you know, do they put you under for that surgery or do they just numb it? <laughs> put you under? Could he perform, Are you gonna just doing the he surgery perform his own surgery? <laughs> can we, at some point, can we extend his contract beyond his career and have him be our doctor? Because yeah. clearly, yeah. Our have, doctor is not we have done. an issue in Kansas City with Achilles injuries and ACLs yep. and guys coming back at the right time. So maybe we can trust one of our own. I like that. Maybe that's why we paid him so much. Maybe he's already doing that. My first thought was not the doctor doing his own surgery. <laughs> But, like, honestly, my first thought was him, like, as a med student, saying, like, I'm going to go to someone I trust and not, like, Dr. James Andrews oh, and, yeah. like, like go back to his get that, go to his school or something. Can you get that Canadian health care? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, that, that honestly Surgery's was, free up there. That was my first thought. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think he's going to do the surgery himself. Yes, I think that is definitely going to happen. All right, so before we go... I, I want to... I got some random takes to... Fl- to fire them off. Fire off, because up against it a little bit here. Got to get to work soon. I got other thoughts. Let's see here. Uh, I have in my notes too much Jarvis Jenkins. Thought he played really bad. And then I looked at the snap counts, and he played nine snaps. So apparently nine snaps is too much for Jarvis Jenkins. <laughs> I, uh, th- I think that for you... Like three snaps is too much. <laughs> I kept seeing him in Why there. Why are you out there? I kept seeing him in there in big plays. Raheem Nunez Roach has only had three snaps, by the way. Hmm. Uh, maybe we just needed more of a nose tackle. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I thought Eric Murray looked good. I still like him covering tight ends. He was kind of chasing Jordan Reed quite a bit, it looks like. thought I saw Seth tweet that he gave up like three catches. Three for, for 21, 21 for Jordan Reed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't know if he's fully healthy. We don't know if he's ever fully healthy. Right. Uh, but he's still a good tight end. Hasn't really done much this year, I know, because he's on a fantasy team. Uh, I thought Raglan looked pretty bad. I know you guys were pumped for him. 
Uh, he had a tackle like on the third play, and it was like it looked like me trying to tackle someone. I without pads on. I don't think he's fully healthy yet. Number one. Um, number two. I think I was too excited at the beginning of the game <laughs> to give you strong Reggie Ragland analysis. The thing that stuck with me on Reggie Ragland from that game was seeing him adjusting people in front of him. That was really weird. In the first time that he stepped on a football I don't, field. He did not I don't play like a regular season game for I don't Buffalo. like that. Why are we putting all this on his plate? Like, it's his first game with the team, like... Look, Derek Johnson's right next to him. Let him do that. I mean, I think that some of it has to do with where they were. I guess. But God, we were like, we were adjusting people on every play. It's like I wanted I wanted them to just stop, like just line up and play, like quit mm, quit. I mean, doing these subtle adjustments everywhere, like get lined up. I I mean, look, I don't, I don't know. I didn't I, know. I didn't get it. I, I can tell you that my favorite new way to tweet when the defense is on the field is an all-caps Bob at the end of every tweet. That's my new those, That's my oh, yeah. new favorite tweeting trend. Okay. Like, maybe we should have Justin Houston rushing the quarterback when the game is on the line. What do you think, Bob? <laughs> Bob! <laughs> so every time that you guys see that on Twitter, that's what I want you to think of. All right. Bob! What is that? Is that, that's is just, that office space? That's just me... Bobbing Bob for apples. Sutton. For crabby apples. No, I just um <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, what the f- what are you doing? Uh, Justin Houston in coverage 40 yards down the field again. That was interesting. How about Justin Houston's a really good football player for being as slow as he is? Mm-hmm. He looks very slow. <laughs> well, in straight line speed, yeah. yeah. It's more about like burst and explosion yeah. and short area quickness. There was something else like Cousins faked him out at some point, or something else happened too in the game where it was just like, geez, Justin. He's not like not, especially no. athletic no. like in, in open space. He's not, he's just a fucking bull. Since we're since we're talking about him, can we real quick do the thing with Rob? Surely. What did he say? Do you have Twitter in front of you? No. He asked a question like Oh, he wondered why people thought Justin Houston of 2017 is playing like 2013 Justin Houston. Oh, I think he said like it, it was almost like people that are talking about Justin Houston 2017 like Justin Houston 2014. I wonder if we're watching the same games. Yeah. So it's almost like Rob doesn't think Justin Houston is playing particularly well right now. At the same level, yeah. I don't um, I think the biggest thing for me is that I'm just happy that he's on the field. <laughs> I'm happy that he's not hurt. I'm happy that he doesn't like you know look ginger. Like he he he's able to hold up on against the run and don't get me wrong, I don't think he's making as much of an impact as a pass rusher, but that was Tomba Ali 3 years ago across from him too instead of Frank Zombo the other night, or and I I speaking of which I this week, one hundred percent say we missed D Ford. I will one hundred. D is Ford cuffed. He is in shackles right now, and I too think we missed him. Our our pass rush was lacking. You think he's in shackles? Yeah, because he's hurt. Oh, okay. Ford cuffed is this week's D D Honda update. Okay. I I just uh... I just yeah Justin Houston looks good. I I. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't share that opinion with Rob. I had to ask him about it for 
Yeah, I wanna I more wanna, clarity. Like, to, I'm gonna get on the phone with him and try to to see exactly what he meant, but. I'm very pleased with where Justin Houston is right now because I'm hoping that just continues to get in better shape and better form as the season goes on instead of, you know, getting hurt right before the playoffs, like, continues to happen. Definitely. For the Chiefs. Uh, nobody defends a seven-yard stop route better than Terrence Mitchell. <laughs> that, he had a... That timing was phenomenal. He, he had a huge breakup late in that game, and I think he's just... He really just doesn't give up those underneath routes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like that. Very Sean Smith of him. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Every everything inside of any everything inside of about like eleven and a half yards, he's good. Yep. Once once they get beyond that, this, the speed comes into play. Oh yeah, Sean's definitely can handle speed. Um, special teams was so late onto the field for the game winner. Uh, I'm not sure how many people noticed that. I was screaming at my TV. It happened at the end of the first two half. kickoffs, both kickoff, the, or two kick or two. Duh. Field goals. The field goal that he missed. And he just looked rushed the whole time, and I was just like, can we get him on the fucking field on time? Like He got set with like three oh, yeah. seconds on the play oh, clock yeah. on that last one. And I'm like, what? I know. Andy, you ran the ball yeah. with like 24 seconds left. Like, you decided this, yeah. okay? Yeah. You took a timeout. Like, why is the play clock that low? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't believe they ran the ball. I... The last play that they ran, we had like 22 seconds and I think two timeouts, and it was already, it was going to be a short field goal attempt, and I'm just like, on this rookie kicker? Oh, like, yeah, do we yeah. feel that comfortable? You're not going to take a shot at the end zone at least? You just ham the ball off? I was shocked. Hmm. Shocked. I think I was okay with it, but I don't want to recall. Um, immediately following the game, Lewis Riddick. Praise the Redskins' run defense, which I thought was funny. Because hmm. they held Kareem to, you know, over 100 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty, pretty funny they, little, little they statement. They were very good before that game. Oh, it yeah. It was one of those, Oh yeah. no one had run for over 70 yards. It, it'll something. be interesting once the Broncos have a historically good run defense at this point right now. So, it'll be fun to see uh, Kareem Hunt versus that. Uh, and then, also something I, I kind of noticed, um, I feel like Travis Kelsey tips plays with his pre-snap motion. I feel like he can either he's either looking downfield or he's looking at the lineman, and I can tell if it's going to be a run or a pass based on Travis Kelsey's motion. Um, that's, a, that's a working theory, so something to keep an eye on. And then we had a uh, pitch shovel pass shout out, which I was thinking yeah. about all summer. They actually called it the pitch shovel pass, which I was pumped about, saying we stole it from the University of Pitt. Uh, which I learned because I was watching Nathan Peterman tape before the draft. Nathan Peterman. Yeah. Glad we didn't come up with him. Future Alex Smith. Buffalo Bills starting. Future Alex Smith. <laughs> Sean McDermott's guy. Uh, I think that is all I got on the game. Okay. I thought it was funny. Kelsey really wanted that, that pass interference call. And he's walking over towards Andy. And you could, you could see him say, they're not going to call that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, shut up. Oh, and get he, back. he like sort of got tripped and then it, yeah. and it ended up bouncing yeah. off his helmet. But Kelsey was super motivated, motivated following his one-catch, one-yard suspension from last yeah, week. Yeah, for sure. And it was like they they threw that flag when he popped up and kind of bumped Swearinger, who was just standing oh, right man. over him, and then they ended up picking oh, it up. Man. I mean, I think, I think every Chiefs fan, honestly, myself included, 
Like every Chiefs fan was standing there waiting to be irate and and not at Kelsey in that situation. Yeah, like I was I was like you can, you have got to be like yeah I am the first to jump on Travis Kelsey yep. and that would have been nonsense. Yep, that was a uh, funny moment. He's Are definitely we, got a reputation. Oh yeah, absolutely. He and Peters both do. I think. Yeah. Uh, are we gonna win on Sunday night? Sure. I'm, I'm picking us to win every game until we lose. I don't. I don't. Okay. Not nervous. House money. Let's roll. Are you excited or maybe slightly unnerved that we're probably going to play the Raiders without Derek Carr? Am I excited or what? Like, like, eh. I wish it was Derek Carr. We've got his number. No, I'm playing without Derek Carr. <laughs> You'd rather. I mean, he's not very good, but <laughs> definitely he's better than Edge Manual. Yeah, I mean, that's if that's the alternative. <laughs> Um, yeah, it looks like so. They're saying two to four weeks, and I think uh, everyone is is looking I at. It. I watched it. It was. It didn't look that bad. It was kind of interesting, but backs are weird like that. I think just yeah. a, a wrong movement, and they'll they'll get you. Well, so my expectation is just like they say two to four weeks, and at the third week, it's the Thursday night against the Chiefs. Mm. So he'll be back for that. You no, like I would. I would totally sit car. On the short week, and then, like, because if he plays well, that Chiefs game, I their guess... Their season's got to be over. You know. can't just rest Carr. I mean, if they lose, I don't know who they're playing, but they could be 2-4 and four going into that game. If you lose that, you're done. Not coming back from 2-5, and five, not with the Chiefs and the Broncos looking like two of the I just don't five think, best teams. I just don't think they're very good, and I... I don't think they much, are either. I don't think it matters if he comes back or not. Like, they're, they're as, not... As much as I like Marshawn Lynch... I'm so happy to have been right that He's like washed. I just don't think it matters that you got him. Yeah. People are excited, but like, yeah, not not for the play on the field. You're excited that you've got Marshawn wearing a Raiders jersey. The biggest surprise a, to me is how bad Amari Cooper is. I thought that dude was gonna take over this year. Oh, and I thought he is bad. I thought <laughs> I thought especially Sunday. With no Crabtree, oh man! I mean, don't get me wrong. You have a chance against against that defense. Like I know it's going to be tough, but I'm just like, you are going to have every opportunity. And he had like two catches, two catches for, for 13 yards yeah. or something. I, mean, I was like, what? Oh yeah. Oh dude, it ain't great. It ain't great. He has like eight or nine drops already on the season. Like he looks mm-hmm. horrendous. Yes, it's glorious. I wasn't expecting that. Honestly, the well, so it's like. I don't know whether I'm happy that he sucks <laughs> or, like, bummed out that he's not great and it doesn't further complicate their salary cap. Mm-hmm. It's like one or the other. I kind of want him to be good and then them not yeah, be able to sign him rather than clearly <coughs> we don't need to keep this guy. But, I mean, he's like a top five pick, like the third overall pick or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, Raiders. I it's too cold for Amari Cooper. It's already too cold. It's September. <laughs> it's October now. Already too cold for the Raiders. Are we going to win on Sunday night? You said you're not going to pick against the Chiefs until, I guess, until we lose? Until we lose. Are we still going to tie the Giants? The 0-4 Giants? <laughs> I said I'm not going to pick us to lose. I didn't say anything about ties. Okay. All right. Well, folks. Uh... I would love a 15-0-1 season. <laughs> what a great year. Undefeated! <laughs> uh, listen, I'm sorry for losing my temper. That was ugly. That's not how I wanted that to go. 
Um, you're offending our audience. I mean, I know, dude. I know that you're laughing. Not, like I, that's not. It's not how I want those conversations to go. I should not have listened to Kevin Keatsman right before we started recording. It was a bizarre scene to come in here and, and hear you streaming Kevin Keatsman. I mean, six ten was talking about baseball. I flipped over and baseball and eight ten. <laughs> yeah, that's still going on. Uh, I mean, not not for the Royals. That's still a sport. <laughs> oh. Uh, Alright, well... Take that, remaining Royals fans. This has been Amateur Hour. He's his darkness. I'm Ryan Scott Hall. And this is... Uh, I mean, you got... I kind of telegraphed it, but... Man, it's Tom Petty. Tom! You said that you guys kind of like... Had like a, a late night <laughs> Tom Petty sesh. Oh, yeah. While you were up in the It mountains. was, yeah. The night before. The news. Hmm. Uh, definitely uh, roll another joint. Was getting played. Mm-hmm. And there's more. There's another Tom Petty off to that. I don't think it was this song, but I couldn't tell. You. I um, man, I I saw a tweet from I think it was Kevin Clark from The Ringer. Yep. And he was like, I saw Tom Petty like six days ago at the Hollywood Bowl. He rocked it. The crowd was electric. It was an amazing night. Damn. And here we are. So then there was something weird, like he. He was reported dead, but he wasn't dead yet, but then he died. He, like, yeah, was, like, had a heart attack, got to the hospital. Somebody just rushed within, to the report. Within a few hours, the LAPD confirmed that he had passed, and then they had to unconfirm it, and then a few hours later, they confirmed it. Whatever. All right. Yeah. Crazy. I love Tom. I, I used to have long hair, long, mm-hmm. very thin blonde hair. I got Tom Petty. Lookalikes all the time, all Man. the time. Had some. Uh, could have could have been me. Few could have been me. Tom Petty concerts in my day. Yeah. And as you can imagine, for like 17, 18, 19, 20 year old Ryan Scott Hall. <laughs> Man. Some uh, some memories. Yeah. They're a little hazy. Never saw Cloudy a concert. Memories, that would have been nice. Yeah. But I listened. I had his greatest hit CD and listened to it ad nauseum. Oh yeah, he's good. Good. A lot of Tom Petty in that uh, that HBO doc. Did you watch the the the, co- the Dr. Dre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Yes. Yeah. A lot of good good amount of Tom Petty. Yep. Alright. Like Tom Petty. Hey, I really enjoyed that. Congratulations, honey. You were great. Oh.